What's up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my parents' kitchen. This is season two, episode twenty of Josh's Proximity. Man, we are officially heading into the second week of the NFL season. Week one gave us some memorable games, man. You had the Ravens versus the Raiders that went into overtime. It was the first time uh, Las Vegas Raiders was able to hold fans in that stadium. I, I imagine that the stadium was rocking. A very good game going into OT. Uh, we had the Chiefs and the the Brown Chiefs and the Browns played an outstanding game. We had the the Bills and the Steelers, the 49ers versus the Lions at the end. It was a blowout from the beginning all the way up until like two minutes left. But then the Lions made it really, really interesting. And that was really one of the most memorable week one seasons that I can even think of, man. But before we even jump into the second week of the NFL season, let's talk about my ill, my ill of the week, man. Now, I'm a firm believer, really good football teams beat bad teams. Or if you're a, a, a team that is supposed to be top-notch, you should beat a team that's not on the same level as you. So my ill of the week goes to Florida State. Now, Florida State, I have a couple questions for you. How the hell do you allow a Division I FCS school, your FBS school, if you don't know the difference between FBS and FCS, just look it up. You're an FBS school, and you allow Jacksonville State to come into your building and beat y'all on a last-second touchdown play. Huh? Y'all just went in the OT with Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken, y'all fought all the way back to sending it to overtime. And y'all allow that team to come into your house, Division One FCS school, that we know that y'all had to pay them to play y'all, and y'all lose? How much did y'all offer up? 100000 300000 quarter of a uh, quarter of a million, half a million? And y'all let them walk away with the victory. Florida State. I cannot believe that y'all allowed Jacksonville State to come in there and beat y'all on your own turf, man. You're always going to have one of those games in the college season where FCS shocks a big, a big time FBS school. You had a what, A&T when they went down there and beat Eastern Carolina. But you don't see Florida State. You don't see Florida State. You don't see Auburn. You don't see the Alabamas of the worlds. You don't see them losing this type of games. And Florida State, you deserve that. You deserve the ear of the week, man. I don't know if y'all was riding too high on last week. Oh, yeah, man. We had a competitive game against Notre Dame. Uh, we're going to go out here and we're just going to run through it. Nah, in, in football, you have to play football. And you're going to get exposed. So Florida State, ew. You get the ear of the week. So let's go ahead and just recap week one of the NFL season, man. We had some phenomenal games, some phenomenal performances, man. You had Kyler Murray, who had five total touchdowns, four passing, one rushing touchdown. And that same exact game, you had my player of the week, Chandler Jones, man. He had five sacks, two forced fumbles. I didn't even know he had two forced fumbles. And he had three sacks in the first quarter. Tennessee, oh, what's going on, man? When did you figure out that you needed to double-team Chandler Jones? Oh, after his fifth sack. Or maybe, yeah, after his sixth sack, if he would have reached it. 
He had two strip sacks, five total sacks, three in the first quarter. Chandler Jones, you get the player of the week, man. Um, But let me not just harp on that game too much, man. We had an amazing game between the Browns and the Chiefs, man, went down to the wire. And this is what I believe separates average quarterbacks from great quarterbacks. We're still trying to figure out if Baker Mayfield is really that guy. All right, now we did know his rookie season, he set the NFL record for the mass, for the most passing touchdowns. But this is something that if I'm the Browns executive, if I'm the Browns general manager, I would just wait on extending his contract, man. I think that you have to give him a franchise tag because if you're going to give Baker Mayfield a plus million contract, you have to be able to make sure that he can close ball games, man. Too many times in his career we have seen him not close the big one. They're up nine points heading into the fourth quarter. They're up 12 points in the third quarter, and Baker Mayfield cannot slam the door shut. Whatever, regardless of what anybody has to say, Baker Mayfield has to slam that door shut. We know that as Kansas City Chiefs, they can put up numbers fast. You saw it when Patrick Mahomes is rolling right, threw it across his body for 75 yards, Tyreek Hill, and then they're down three points. At the end of the day, the ball was in Baker Mayfield's hands, man. He has to shut that door, man. I don't care if Nick Chubb fumbles the football. I don't care if the punt punter has a muff punt. If you're a guy that's looking to obtain a hundred and fifty million dollar contract, you need to close when it's time to perform, man. You see the Josh Allen's is getting the big contract. Dak Prescott, the Cowboys had to pay him. You know Lamar Jackson's going to get paid. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, everybody that's over a hundred and fifty million dollars, they close those games, man. Baker Mayfield, in order for you to be considered an elite quarterback, in order for you to be considered a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League, you got to slam those doors shut. And that's the difference. That is what I believe the difference is between a great quarterback and a really, really above average, really good quarterback. That's the difference right there. One gets the job done, and the other one, they just don't. Since we're still talking about, you know, week one in the NFL season, I think that we have to talk about the Cowboys in some some instances, man, because they, quote-unquote, are America's team, and they shocked a lot of people on Thursday night. They didn't win the game, but they played more competitive than I think anybody would have thought. Nobody saw Dak Prescott throwing for over 400 yards. Nobody saw Dak Prescott throwing for – three-plus touchdowns. Nobody saw Dak Prescott really picking apart the Bucks defense, and um, the Cowboys came to play. I still believe that they have an issue with at the at the secondary position, man. It was, too, it was too many times where receivers was wide open, man. The linebackers, they don't really know how to read, whether it's play action or run. And you saw that throughout the game, throughout the game, man. And I think in this season, they cannot continue to do what they did. They can't switch out uh, Leighton Vander Esch and, and Jalen Smith whenever it's a, it's a passing situation because you know Keanu Neal and you know that uh, Michael Parsons are coming in in a passing down situation. So I believe if another team sees that matchup, they need to run the football. With Micah Parsons in and Keanu Neal in at the linebacker positions, you need to establish the run early and often. 
And then obviously, if you see Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch out there, go out there and start slinging it, man. I think that the Cowboys, they played phenomenal. Uh, after this game, it's looking like they're favorite to win the NFC East. Although the, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles might have some say about it. The Cowboys look surprisingly and really, really dangerous, man. Um, what about my Panthers, man? Ah, hey, it's about that time of the yeah. Um, Sam Darnold, man, he really impressed me. I think that he has to clean up, you know, some of the little mental mistakes, man. You can't fumble the ball right there inside the ten yard line when we're about to score go in and score a touchdown with Christian McCaffrey. You can't fumble the ball right there. Uh the Panthers, we look pretty good. Uh, scale one to ten, I got us about a seven right now. We still got a couple more places we need to work on. Offensive line, man, we're a little bit shaky there. But I like for us to at least be competing for that second spot in the NFC South. But let me uh, just switch up topics, man. So let me go ahead and read my top ten of last week, week one. So heading into the week one NFL season, I had the Steelers at number ten. At number nine, I had the Tennessee Titans. At number eight, I had the San Francisco 49ers. Seven, I had the Seahawks. Six, I had the Baltimore Ravens. Five, the Saints. Four, the Green Bay Packers. Three, the Bills. Two, the Chiefs. And number one, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, heading into week two, if you don't know how Josh's proximity hierarchy works, it goes something like this. Every week, it's a week-to-week basis. What did your team do last week? to either garner your team from dropping out of the top 10, uh, falling down in the top 10, or even elevating themselves into the top 10 or climbing amongst the ranks in the top 10. So let me go ahead and get my poster board out. You know, last time I had to do something something very, very similar. So here we go again with the poster board. All right. Now, like I stated, here we are with the poster board, the infamous Joshua's Proximity Hierarchy, man. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a, just a little peek and everything. At number 10, man, we got the Buffalo Bills. Now, the reason why I dropped the Bills from 3 to 10 is because I believe that the Bills, they got to close the door. Now, I just, I just made that rant about Baker Mayfield and how he has to slam the door shut. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, you got to slam the door shut. You're up 10 coming out of half. There's no way that you can't close this game at home. Uh... Bills at number 10. At number 9, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers went down south. Uh, the Saints are no longer playing at the the, the, uh, the Dome right now because of Hurricane Ida, I think it was. So they're playing in Jacksonville. But the Green Bay Packers went down in Jacksonville and laid an egg, man. 38-3. They just looked out of it. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers just looked like he didn't want to be down there. The entire Green Bay team just looked like, hey, man, we're just down here to just to co- collect the paycheck. And they got the the brakes beat off them. So at number nine, I like the Green Bay Packers. At number eight, I got to move the Arizona Cardinals in there. Now, it's not going to be too many times where a team is going to hold Derrick Henry to under 60 yards rushing. And the Arizona Cardinals did that. Not only did they hold him to under 60 yards rushing, they, they dominated on the front end. Like I stated earlier, earlier my player of the week, Chandler Jones, Five sacks, two forced fumbles, three sacks in the first quarter. It's only right that you are that you put the Arizona Cardinals at number eight, man. 
And number seven, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, they should have, they was blowing out the Detroit Lions, but at the end of the game, I do not like, I don't like what I saw. I don't know if I stated that right, but I don't like what I'm seeing at the end of the game when it comes to San Francisco 49ers. You're up over 20-plus points. There's no way at the end of the game the Detroit Lions have the, have the ball left with 35 seconds left, and they have a shot to win the game. No, sirree. No, sir. No way. No how. The game should have been a wrap. Uh, I believe that the San Francisco 49ers will continue to build on this. But there's no way that that should happen. And if this happens again, they probably won't be in my top ten. At number six, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I didn't, I didn't expect the Seattle Seahawks to put up the numbers that they did against the Indianapolis Colts in at Indy. It was twenty-eight to thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. The final score. Uh, Carson Wentz. I watched the highlights. I didn't watch the game live. But, yes, he had a couple plays, but he, he was getting pressured too much. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts didn't look like they could stop a nosebleed. They had Tyler Lockett running free down the seams. Tyler Lockett running free down the middle. Two big touchdowns. They forced a fumble on Chris Carson, but he always coughs up the rock. Um, so, at number six, I like the Seattle Seahawks. At number five, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, last week I had them at number ten. But, of course, they got to get bumped up because they beat the number three team last week. And they also went down there and they came back down from 10-plus 10, 10 points. Now, what was the knock on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers last year? We felt like that 11-0, 12-0 start was jaded. But this week, they looked like they was at least some type of contender, man. I, I still believe that they have to establish the run with Najee Harris. But their defense is always going to play phenomenal, man. And Minka Fitzpatrick was literally everywhere. I only watched the highlights. I didn't get a chance to watch the game live. But every time that a tackle needed to be made, Minka Fitzpatrick was around the football. So at number five, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number four, the Los Angeles Rams, man. Granted, they played the woeful Bears, all right? They played the Chicago Bears. That is an Andy Dalton-led team. Matt Nagy is going to be fired halfway through the season. But they look good, man. I won't take anything away from their defense. The only thing that I didn't like, yes, they played a top 10, top 5 defense in the National Football League. But Matthew Stafford, the second, the fourth drive, a couple of three announced, man. I would like to see him finish the drive. Uh, but if he continues to do what he did last week, I will admit I was wrong on Matthew Stafford, even though he is 8-65 and 65 in, his, in his career against winning teams. Um, but I like this uh, Rams at number four. At number three, we're going with New Orleans Saints. For everything I just stated about the number nine team, the Green Bay Packers, they went down. They're playing in Jacksonville, Florida, without their home crowd, 38-3. to It was a, a beat beat down from the jump. Um, there's not really too much I need to say about the New Orleans Saints. Saints. Kansas City at number two. It's kind of predictable. They are the reigning AFC champions for a reason. They come back down from 10-plus points in the third, down nine in the fourth quarter, and they come back and they win the game. 
Kansas City Chiefs without their arguably their best defensive player in Tyron Matthew, Kansas City number two. And number one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they can be had on the back end, but they have the GOAT. They have A.B. They have Rob Gronkowski, the greatest tight end to ever play football. Uh, their defense is still phenomenal as far as up front. Vita Vea, oh, my God. It was so many times that he was pushing the center into Dak Prescott's lap. But their defense, their secondary can be very, very had. Uh, but I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number one. So to recap, let me just go ahead and recap. Ten the Bills, nine the Packers, eight the Cards, seven San Fran, six the Seahawks, five the Steelers, four the Rams, three the Saints, two the Kansas City Chiefs, and number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, man, to close out uh, season two, episode 20 of Josh's Proximity, let's go ahead and wrap it up and go ahead and give my predictions heading into this week. Uh, we got the Giants versus the Washington football team on Thursday night football. Uh, I like Washington, especially if Saquon Barkley. We don't know what type of Saquon we're going to get, man. I had him starting in my other fantasy league. He only gave me three points. I like the Washington football team big. Raiders versus the Steelers. Raiders, you will not get that opportunity again to come back like you did against the Baltimore Ravens. I like the Steelers big. Uh, 49ers versus the Eagles. Now, I'm going to go with the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, yes, they play the Atlanta Falcons, but that front four, the D tackle, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was going along with Fletcher Cox. They were a menace to Atlanta Falcons up front. So I like the Eagles over the 49ers as my bold prediction of the week. The Texans versus the Browns. Uh, the Browns, big time. Broncos versus the Jags. As much as I hate Teddy Bridgewater, they have a defense, so I got to go with the uh, the Broncos. Panthers versus the Saints. Now, I was going to go for the Saints until my homeboy started talking crazy. So, uh, you already know I'm a Panthers fan. I'm going with my Panthers. I look for us to be 2-0, to be leading the NFC South. The Rams versus the Colts. Mm. After what I saw last week, I really don't like the Colts. Uh, but this could be the week that we do see Matthew Stafford for really what he is. So I'm, But I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. The Bills versus the Dolphins. I'm going with the Bills, man. I don't think that the Dolphins will replicate what they did against the New England Patriots. And even at that, they barely won. Uh, I think in this game, in order for the, Dolphin, the, the Dolphins to win this game, they got to go down there and have a shootout. So I like the Bills. Uh, the Patriots versus the Jets. Come on, man. I think Bill Belichick is undefeated against rookie quarterbacks, so the Patriots big. Bengals versus the Bears. This might be the week that you see Andy Dalton get replaced. If they go out there and they look flat, if they go out there and they look lethargic, I think heading into week three, Justin Fields gets the start. But I am going to go with the Chicago Bears in this matchup. The Tennessee Titans versus the Seattle Seahawks at, at Seattle. Now, what Derrick Henry am I going to get? Am I going to get the Derrick Henry that didn't have over 60 yards? If I am, good night. And <laughs> as you saw last week, that Tennessee Titans defense is horrible. So with that being said, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. The Cowboys versus the Chargers at Chargers. I like the, I like the L.A. Chargers, man. I think that they have everything going for them. They have their quarterback of the future. 
They have Keenan Allen. That front four can really get after you. Joey Bosa. Uh, and I think that they're going to be attacking the right tackle because I can't think of the guy's name. The right tackle for the Cowboys is out with suspension of league policy, league drug, drug abuse. Uh, the Seattle, the Chiefs versus the Ra- uh, Chiefs versus the Ravens in the game of the week, Sunday night football. I've been hearing a lot of discussion that Lamar Jackson throws a better ball than Josh Allen, than Kyler Murray, and then Baker Mayfield. If he throws the ball better than those three guys, I need to I need to see it this week. I don't care what he has around him. If he is the guy that everybody is saying he is as far as throwing the football, then he needs to show it this week. If they make it a close game, then I will give Lamar some his respect, his due that he is due. But I like the Chiefs, man. The Ravens, they just don't have the offensive firepower. Lamar Jackson, they got to go down there and throw the football. You can't go down there and run their ball and think that you're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because it's not going to happen. Lions versus the Packers, there's nothing really to say about that. Jared Goff, he's trash. They'll be 0-2. Uh, Packers big. Oh, my fault. Yeah, I, I knew I was missing the game. I'm like, where are the Falcons and the Bucks? Uh, Bucks versus the Falcons. The Falcons don't stand a chance, man. They really might be the worst team in the National Football League. Uh, just I know it's week one, but they they are horrendously bad. They are they are terrible, man. I think that they're going to be the top two team. Uh, to have a top three pick in the NFL draft of next season, the Falcons are extremely bad. I like the Bucks big time. So to conclude season two, episode 20 of Josh's Proximity, uh, man, I'm really looking forward to the Sunday night football game. The Monday night football game is going to be a blowout. But in between that, we're going to have a lot of great football, man. I'm expecting the same exact type of caliber of football that we saw in week one to transition into week two. Lamar Jackson, we want to see you throw the football better. We want to see if you're really that passer that guys are proclaiming that you are. Uh, Matthew Stafford, this is going to be one of your biggest your biggest tests this entire season. Show me something. Show me that you can win against winning teams. Um, and to close out, that's really it. Justice Proximity, we out, baby.